Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 509 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Roaring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. And first off, congratulations to long-time listener Ethan Barr and his partner on the birth of their baby girl. I think last week... Yeah, it was last week, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, hope everybody is doing well, Ethan, and congratulations. Absolutely, congratulations. Bloody, bloody brilliant. Right. So, coming up on this week's show, uh, a catch-up review in the form of A Haunting in Venice, and a couple of new reviews as we look at Craig Gillespie's uh, taken from the front pages of only two years ago's Dumb Money. And expend four balls. Yep. So we'll also do some news, trade the talk, what we've been up to, all that good stuff. We are a pod syndicate podcast, so uh, please do support like-minded shows such as Gaming Landfill, Chin Shrugger vs. Punter, The Rewatch Project, and others. And that's the preamble done. I will just say there was no episode uh, last time, last week round. However, you did have a very special commentary drop onto your feeds as Noel Miller, Adam Lowe's and I tackled a mountain. And before we did that, we watched 80 for Brady. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because what I'm going to do um, is uh, I, I'm planning on watching 80, 80 for Brady whilst listening to the commentary whilst on the plane to, <laughs> to Crete next week. That's chaotic, <laughs> and we don't. I don't think we actually say three, two, one, or anything. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna roll with it. <laughs> good, good. I've got no idea how it turned out, <laughs> but yeah. Who can hear what? I don't know. I literally just took the file, put it in Audacity, turned it into an MP3, and uploaded yeah, it. But yeah, I'm, I'm all about the chaos. Mm. So there we go. Right. So news. The writer's strike is over. Yeah. Wow, we. Um, they have got increased streaming re- uh, residuals. They are going to get data for how much their shit is watched on streaming platforms. Uh, they have had assurances around AI that basically AI won't be used to do shit, that a human must be credited as a screenwriter. And I believe it's a three year deal. So we're going to be doing it all again in <laughs> three years' time. time. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, they're they're going back to work, and good on them. Yep. Yep. It, it, that's that, yep. that's you know, it, it worked. worked. <laughs> um, you know the it, it's now kind of almost conceded that the actors will follow. You know, not immediately, um, but you know within the next few weeks and they're reckoning now that in November things will start getting back being made mm. yeah so there could be a summer movie season of some sort next year you know Deadpool 3 was shooting and it kind of feels like they could probably get on it enough for that to be out next May yeah. um, Captain America was already done I think Thunderbolts might 
have been done or is in the process of filming. I think Thunderbolts so. was done, but they they had sort of general pickups to do, um, but obviously couldn't do general pickups. And I think it was the same with Captain America. I read somewhere that said that they had just your general pickups, not like rewrites or anything like that to do. Um, but obviously, you can't do pickups without the actors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and, and part of the the whole reason why they're striking is so that they will continue to not be able to do pickups without the actors, without just you know superimposing their face onto another image. Yeah, mm, quite. So you know, it feels like maybe next year might be a tad sparse, perhaps. It's but yeah, but I mean the other bit there is um, that cinemas have to have things to show and so maybe we'll end up getting a lot of bit more of the the independent non-studio non-major studio led um makers studios who were still making films because they'd agreed to the terms yeah their stuff might end up getting a little bit more exposure the mid-budget movie not even, not even mid-budget anymore are they let's be honest no you know, A24 throw money at things now, which yeah, is, you know, fair play to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, yeah, there we are. Like you say, um, hope the thinking is hopefully shit will be rolling again around Thanksgiving or so. Mm. And, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be a proper Oscar season and all that good stuff. So, hey... Fair play. I don't think they got. They, they, I don't think they necessarily got everything they wanted. No, they, they, um, didn't, they didn't get everything. But then again, you know, they've, they've, they've kind of come out of it and said we were happy with what we got, and you know that it was that negotiations when they actually eventually sat down with us were actually quite amicable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm just glad the whole kind of like, oh, we'll just starve them out mentality didn't quite like bear fruit, you know, because that that was always like a ugly way of doing things so yeah brilliant stuff yeah well done everybody and there we are so um huh yeah i don't yeah i don't necessarily think there's all that much else because nothing's Nothing's been nothing's been rolling it's Um, it's 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 the thing isn't it nothing Nothing's been rolling, no one's been talking about things because everyone's been, you know, I can't talk about things. You know, there's there's a few interviews coming out that are having to specify, like, for instance, the, the Scorsese one with GQ, but they're very much specifying, saying, although, you know, he's, he's not he's not a member of the Actors Guild, he's a member of the Writers Guild, but he's talking about directing, but also they are saying, look, this was recorded before. Mm. That's right, it was recorded quite a while ago. Drew Barrymore got in a bit of trouble, didn't she? Drew Barrymore did get in a bit of trouble. Uh, but, you know, then again, she did also as well kind of admit, you know, I misread the room. Mm. Bill Mayer didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bill Mayer read the room and then decided he still wanted to piss all over it. Fair. <laughs> as mm. is his style. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's not been a lot of lot of news because there's not there's not a lot happened. I think that the biggest news probably thing is probably going to be the trailers have been kept coming out. Yeah. So in terms of trailers, um, there's a segue. Um, that was a good segue. What do? What? Thank you. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Well, we've 
got? Um, there's been two. There's been there's been a double Nick Cage trailers. Oh shit! Yeah, fucking um, uh, uh dream scenario. Yeah, dream scenario. Um, and there's another one as well that we watched. Um, but yeah, dream scenario. Very up for this. The premise is is great, but then the the way that it looks, it just looks like it's going to be a quite a quite a fun but black comedy. So we just randomly start showing up in everyone's dreams? Yeah. But it seems like some of the dreams aren't nice dreams. No. It does look interesting. Yeah, it's been getting some really good review uh, word out of festivals. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty hopeful for that. The other um, cage one is that Butcher's Crossing. I I haven't seen this. Yeah. Um, it looks good actually. It looks dark. Yeah. It does look dark. It's got our boy Fred in it. <laughs> oh, fucking Heckin Heckin. Uh, yeah, uh, Heckinshaw. What's his name? Heckinshaw. Yeah, it? yeah sure. I think it is. Uh, yeah, it's got our boy Fred in it. Um, but it, it does look good, but it, yeah, it looks dark. It doesn't look like... Because I, I, when, it, when it came up, it, it was like going to be a Western. I thought, oh, this is going to be one of those kind of cagey ones that, that very much looks like it, it was just a little bit like fun. But this looks intense at mm. points, doesn't it? Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up for it. Fred Heshinger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Heshing, okay. Heshinger's better, though. I like that. Oh. I, just, I like our boy Fred. <laughs> <laughs> our boy Fred's pretty good. So, um, okay, what else we got? Um, all of us strangers. Ooh, did we? See? Oh, yes, did see that one. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm intrigued by this. Um, it's entirely fueled by people wanting to see Paul Meskel and Andrew Scott. Oh yeah, up. absolutely. Yeah, I, I, but, but yeah, I like Andrew. It's going to have a sting in the tail. Yeah, I, I like Andrew Scott. I think he's a really interesting screen presence and should do more. Um, I am not. As off there with Paul Palm Scarlet as, 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 as the, the internet, internet boyfriend, if, as the internet seems to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it was at first I was a bit like, do you know what? This this film, you know, it, it just looks a little bit too much like it's going to be like seven or eight other films that are coming out in the next seven or eight months that I've seen trailers for, and then it does start to get a little bit like, right, there's something fucking weird going on here. All right, you've got me. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued enough by that one. Nice. Um, there's been a very short teaser for Matthew Vaughan's new one. A trailer is supposed to be dropping like literally tonight as we record, yeah. but the teaser was just Sam Rockwell chucking a cat off a roof. Yeah. The, the, so a lot of whether I watch that is going to be dictated <coughs> by whether that cat survives that fall. It does. Cats have a really low terminal velocity. If you throw them out like a third floor window, they will die. If you throw them out like a seventh floor window, they'll survive. It's a really weird phenomenon. Is that right, Cooper? Um, you throw them out of an airplane and they become immortal. Yeah, literally, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's a fact. There's something about like squirrels would have to fall X amount of distance or X amount of time because that would give them time to starve to death because they would just... Yeah. Yeah. Because they hit like a velocity, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing that bothered me about that trailer 
was the fact that it said from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughan. I just yeah. thought, is it twisted? <laughs> is he known for having a twisted mind? Yeah. It's just, is that his thing? It's like it's like they span a wheel of from the mind of. Yeah. <laughs> and they land on twisted and went, yeah, fuck it, we'll go with it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, an ex goal wins trailer, except it's not really. It's just Taika Waititi going, I didn't know a lot about football before I started filming this, and I still don't. <laughs> well, yeah, well done, Taika. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I kind of, I hope this is good, and I hope that the, 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 the director's go on strike sort of during it. So that um, Taika Waititi isn't all over all of the um, promotion for it. Mm. I think they're going to have to. They're, 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 I don't know. I think Taika Waititi is going to be out there for it because apparently it's not great and it's probably just not going to do very oh. well. And he, it, he, he won't. He won't like that. Will Taika? No. He he won't like having a flop. No. Not after, not after Thor was not universally adored. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, it's the more I see about it, the less enthused I am by it. Let's say. But do you know what I can't say that well, for? Todd Haynes's new film, May December. Good, doesn't it? Let's go. Looks really good, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, the sequel to That's My Boy. Um, yeah. This looks, yeah, it looks good. Looks very good. Really up for Natalie Portman trying to fuck Julianne Moore's jailbait <laughs> partner. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I, 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 the, the trailer definitely got me on this one. Um, trailer also got me fair play. Yeah, second trailer for that's good, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, like it comes out on Netflix next week. Is actually getting a small theatrical release on Friday. Um, it's playing the showcase here. I was half tempted, but um, it's literally Netflix the next week. So yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah. If, if if there was nothing else out, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'd happily go and see that at the cinema. But there is other stuff out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm definitely. It, it looks. It's my bag. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I think that was it for me. There have been some other trailers, but um, have you guys seen anything uh, else? We caught the uh, the Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes trailer in the cinema, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. How's that looking? Like just, I just, I, I turned up X and said, "What I don't get is after it." I was like, "What I don't get is I've just watched a two minute trailer, two and a half minute trailer for it." I've seen the other four movies mm. and yet I wouldn't be able to explain anything that is going on in this universe at all. Mm. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't know. And like I said, I've seen all of the movies. I was one of the eight people that saw the last one. Um, but it just... I don't get it. And it looks like shit. I just don't know why. <laughs> why did they bother? No. It's a, 
it, it, it's, it does this this very much seems like the stop it he's already dead of a movie <laughs> yeah I mean it kind of feels like you're going to go on box office mojo for the opening weekend results then you'll open it up and it's like it's made and and I quote here nobody cares <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the sort of movie that could end up making like 300 million dollars but nobody will know anybody that's seen it <laughs> yeah hmm Mm. You know when that random song gets to number, used to get to number one, but nobody had bought it. Mm. I just, it just looks crap, and it's like, why? Just let it die. Yeah, it's been too long. You missed your window. The other bit there is, it's like, well, you're limited to the amount of things that you can do with prequel. Yeah, because we all know where it ends up. Isn't it like the oldest snow origins? Older snow, older in older snow. Russell Brand's character from. Oh yeah. Getting to the Greek and forgetting Sarah Marshall. All right, fuck off. I don't think we need that guy's fucking origin story. It's cool you remembered that. (laughs) I think right right now is about the last time you're allowed to remember that. (laughs) Coriolanus snow. It's snow's origins. Keith Sutherland's origin story, isn't it? Keith Sutherland. other one, Donald, fuck me. <laughs> Donald Sutherland's origin story. It, nah, dude, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep it a key. It's Kiefer Sutherland's origin story, it's fine. Uh, and Aldous Snow is also there. Yeah, I'd watch yeah. Donald Sutherland's origin story. <laughs> what, the actual man yeah. himself? Yeah. That guy's had an interest in life. There's no fucking... With absolute, that guy has had an interest in life. He has fucked. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, what, oh, we also saw... So, you know, Michael Caine has recently come out and said that, that he's probably going to retire from acting now. And everybody kind oh, of yeah. went... But he's a handsome motherfucker. He is a handsome Not motherfucker. Not Michael Caine, no. just to clarify. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. And everyone kind of went, I thought you already had, Mike. I thought you literally were just coming back to do Nolan stuff because, you know, of your long-standing you know, work relationship with Chris Nolan. Uh, but then he's, he came out with the, what's it called? The Great Escaper. Yeah. Which I watched the trailer for because it was on at the cinema, wasn't it? That when we went to see something today. Yes. And just watched it and thought, I don't get this, Michael. Was it just that, did you owe Jim Broadbent a favour? And he said, could you just sub in for me for this? I've already been paid for it, but I've just, I've got something on (laughs) that weekend. Right. Doesn't There's seem... a lot of old people doing eccentric old person shit movies coming out at the moment. Yeah. Hey, what's that other one where he walks? That's the that's a Jim Broadbent one. I reckon Jim Broadbent was making the this. Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. That's the one, yeah. And there was that fucking Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris bullshit as well, which apparently... Don't you? Good. No, no. Which apparently is yeah. very good. Uh, yeah, but that one but at least looks good. I don't... Necessarily want to. And then there's that fucking oh god, that one with Maggie. with the Irish, yeah, yeah, Maggie Smith, Smith, she's looking and Laura Lee. She's nine hundred and six. Michael Caine looks really old in this as well, which you know he is, but like he looks it, and I don't need, I don't need to see it. And that sounds awful, but just they just whenever you watch, whenever you watch like these trailers for these movies, you just kind of look at them and go. Just looks well Brexity. This. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a kitchen sink kind of gal, if I'm honest. And 
like Jim Broadbent stuff is just that all over, so I just yeah. avoid it like the plague. But yeah, but that's that's kind of it for trailers that, yep. that we've we've seen. Do you have another one? Well, yes, but it's TV. But we, oh, we yeah. do that now. Ian, have you watched the trailer for the Fall of the House of Usher? No. Oh, How is it? Fucking beautiful. Looks creepy as fuck. And oh, yeah? Gino's doing some real creepy shit with the, her face. The I thing is, I, I did watch the trailer and did, did turn to Becky and went, that looks fucking great. I'm not going to watch it, but it looks <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's one that, like, if Donna's vibing with it, I could happily watch that through October with her. Yeah, no, it looks it looks fucking mint. Give and because hmm. because I'm ninety nine percent sure that I'm not going to watch it. I have read a couple of reviews, um, and all the reviews are very much glowing mm. of it. Just the cast, it just I'm so excited. Nice. Comes comes out like the day after we get back from holiday as well, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah. Alright, oh, I'm gonna mainline that shit then. I'm just gonna send you for a little little nap. Watch. Eight episodes. Eight episodes, yeah. that's like an hour and ten minutes long each. Yeah. That's a long nap. You're a you're a powerful man. I mean I I'm I'm not gonna say no to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I, could, I will go up gladly. Sleep cap in hand. Uh, yeah, that that that's it for us nice. for yeah. Okay. Well, let's get on it with some reviews then. Let's talk A Haunting in Venice, directed by Kenny Brad Branagh. Kenny Branagh. Starring Kenny Branagh, Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, um, who never met a paper bag. She didn't want to overact <laughs> more against. I don't know. That didn't work. Um, Dylan Corbett Bader, Amir El Masri, Ricardo Scarmaccio, Kelly Riley, Jude Hill, others. Um, okay. In post World War II Venice, Poirot, now retired and living in his own exile, wouldn't it just be living in exile? Reluctantly attends a seance, but one of it when one of her guests one of the guests is murdered, it's up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer. Bex Yes. Your thoughts on Haunting in Venice, a film that feels like if it was a bit scarier would be extremely your shit. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what you made of it with it being a 12A pyro film, but kind of sort of creepy. Well, that's that's the thing. I think creepy stuff can still sneak in as a 12A as long as it's not creepy and gory and violent and stuff like the the tension doesn't seem to affect the rating so I don't think it suffers from that um I mean it's an Agatha Christie it was never going to be particularly gory gory anyway because they're not really are they I don't know well you've seen like the other two movies oh yes the other two movies yeah so um (laughs) you mean you mean the good one and the cursed one the good one and the cursed one yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like nobody uh, yet. Like, Fingers crossed, touch wood. No, because the, the, the issue with the others was that it happened in advance of them being released and yeah. they were tarnished. Nothing's happened with this one, so maybe it's broken the curse. No, no yeah, maybe he, maybe he's just literally just said to the producers, I can, like, I'm not allowed to choose the actors. You choose them for me. I have terrible taste. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone he gets is good. It's just they're dickheads. Um, no, really, really fucking liked it. I like... Because I like the Poirot stuff 
from the mystery sort of side and you know I, I like creepy stuff and this kind of marries the two together so it was very much my shit Yeah, nice, nice. Mark? Yeah, I I had a good time with it. I, I think um, I, I'm not going to steal your line, Ian, um, because it, it, your line that you sent in, the, in our group chat um, it, it is, is perfection. <laughs> God, I can't remember what I said now. I'm going to have to bring that up. Yeah, it was okay. Genuinely, yeah. It, was, it was a shit kiss of a review. And then within like 10 minutes of watching the film, I was like, that's brilliant. And it is so true. Um, so I'll let you find it so you can say it in a second. Um, but yeah, it's... The thing is, I didn't know... I didn't know Jamie Dornan was in it. So it's always nice when he turns up in stuff. Mm. Because I like Jamie Dornan. Yeah. Um, Same with Michelle Yeoh. But I knew Michelle was in it. But I'd forgotten Kelly Riley was in it. Um, Tina Fey, I think... I agree with Ian completely that, that she is... At massively overacting, but I think that's all she can do. But but I think it fits with the tone oh, yeah. of the film <laughs> and her character. Yeah, I think she's supposed to be the brash, larger than life American. In yeah. It. it just just to cut in on that. Eventually, I settled down with her character, mm. but fuck me. The first couple of scenes, it was like, right, is she is she coming to this thinking it's a parody? Yeah. I, I was, I, I thought exactly the same thing, and then was like, I'm gonna hang on a minute. I can either lean into this or I can let it annoy me the entire film. I, I was like, I hope she settles down, and I think she does a little bit, or maybe it's just that she's not on screen that much for the next twenty minutes that it was not too bad. Mm. And, and of course, everything was made better by uh, Ricardo um, Scamasio's just having a great face and great voice <laughs> he is one of cinema's great faces that fuck is bulked up yeah. as well because it was like I know him I know him I know him where do I know him from and it was like he was the, 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 the guy in, in John Wick chapter, chapter 2, two. Yeah. And, but yeah he does look a lot bigger but he's and he's yeah but in an impressive yeah. way like he's not fat he's just like fucking built yeah. it's and, and, I was just much agree he, he's I was both in one way thinking, well, he's got to be something a little bit dodgy because you don't cast that face as not dodgy. He's but, a bodyguard. Yeah, but also I hope that he's not just the villain because, you know, because partially because I'm watching it going, it's fucking Kelly Riley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's got to be. There has never been more a face of a woman that has killed her own child than Kelly Riley's. <laughs> Wow, and, and don't get me wrong, Kelly Riley is an incredibly fetching woman. She is incredibly fetching. Uh, but yeah, but if 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 Kelly Riley were to say to me, like, I've killed my own child, I'd be like, yeah, I could see that, to be honest, didn't <laughs> you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just the fact that everybody else is just a bunch of fucking no marks. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not going to be the nope. kid. It would have been great. It's not going to be Jamie Dornan because he's a bit fucking addled already. I love it that it's all not going to all the time. The kid turns out to be the blackmailer, though. That's yeah, like... I, 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 I picked up on that. I also like the fact that Jamie Dornan's character literally attacks the ex-boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then and just goes. His kid just goes. Yeah, sorry about that. He gets like this sometimes. Everyone goes, "All right." It's like, what the fuck. He just nearly killed a man. <laughs> oh, 
grown up little boy though which i think can come off as really precocious in films a lot of the time and it doesn't in this like he's just he's, he's the kid lands it yeah the kid lands it yeah he was all right clearly just uh, him and his dad on their own and he's, he's trying to look after his dad and cope with the situation as best he can and that comes across without him being a, a bit like oh well you know my dad he gets like this it doesn't feel no it, it, it feels like he's feels aping what he like, like what his mother might have done or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That feels like there's a, mm. he, it, it's a copied behaviour. Mm. Um, I, I, I was a little bit worried about that kid because at first I thought, ah, oh, but I recognise that kid. It better not be that little shit from Artemis Fowl. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I liked it as well. Um, the the. Yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot the thing that I said to the boy chat. Kenneth Branagh deploying every camera angle, all of them. <laughs> um, high, low, yeah. right in someone's face, ridiculously wide angle. At one point, kind of being like a CCTV camera where it just lurches from left to right in the uh, up in a top corner of a room. Um <laughs> He's fucking going off yep. with this. And I saw this fucker in IMAX. Oh, that was juicy. And that was that was an experience. <laughs> I'm just going to see him for DX. <laughs> I mean, that would be something. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I, yeah, I thought it was, it was a fun mystery. It was moody as fuck. Yep. Um, you know, like, I think the whole Poirot just being kind of done with humanity thing was better placed in here than it was in death on the Nile where you had the origin story of his mustache. <laughs> um, I really, I wish death on the Nile didn't happen. And this was the second one because death on this death on the Nile feels such the fucking black sheep in this like now, like trilogy of yeah. films. But the, I think the, maybe yeah. the good thing about it is though, is if Death on the Nile was the third one and this had been the second, we wouldn't be getting a fourth. Whereas now, we might. <laughs> mm, I hope so. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd watch like fucking 50 yeah. of these. Yeah, just, if you just like every other year we had a new Pope's Exorcist and then a, a, a new Brana Prara, <laughs> just every other year we should have one of those. Mm. I'd be fine with that. When do you reckon Marple's getting the cinematic treatment? Oh, yeah, but you need, like, young, hot yeah. I said that's exactly Marple the same thing. Yeah. They'll, do, they'll do some kind of crossover movie where Poirot and Miss Marple are both in it and yeah. they're both working on a case together. I don't even know if that such a book exists. They, but that, but they'll think, make one. I don't think so they'll, they'll, they'll work a case together, but they'll meet at the end. Yeah, 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 possibly to then launch the, yeah. the Marple cinematic Yeah, universe. the Marple... Sort of yeah, like the new MCU. Yeah. <laughs> but who would they cast? I don't know. I don't know, but it, they would have mm. to. They would have to skew younger. Yeah, it couldn't be too young. No. It could, it could be like nineteen. The thing is, it works really well with because like Poirot is older, but I think men get away with being older and capable more in cinema than women do. Mm. Um. I think they, they would have to skew a bit younger, but maybe keep it still a bit more mature, though. Like, not 80 or anything, but also not 20. Gemma asked him. 
Ew, God, no. Well, I'll yep. do. No. Why? Because I want to watch them and I fucking hate her. I quite like her. <laughs> just thinking that, that, that she would be perfect casting. Why would she? She's crap. She's great. No, just because she's hot, Mark, doesn't mean she's actually any fucking good. I lost you after hot. She's got an awful voice. Well. Oh, God, just looking at her smug face makes me feel a little bit ill. You say it, I say something else. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, it's 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 creepy as fuck. It's it's not like it's, it's not like horror creepy, but it's just it's moody, yeah, man. Moody, yeah, that, that's exactly it. it. It's a great, you know, it, it's going to be on Disney Plus around Christmas time. Mm. Um, I could see this being one of the ones they drop literally Christmas week. Um, just. Yeah. I still think it's I, I, wild they didn't release it closer to Halloween. I don't know. This, I think you always want a little bit of a build-up. Like, say, if you release something the week of Halloween, people will go and see it that week. But then after that, they won't give a shit. Halloween's done. Scary movies are over. Whereas, you get if you can build up... Admittedly, it could have come out a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks' mm. time. But I think then it had been vying for attention with other films. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's it, definitely it, my favourite of the three. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, by a fucking mile. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was brilliant. I think it, I think I... It, 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 it walks the line of is something supernatural happening? Is he imagining it all? Is he going mental? Like, what is, what is going on? Like, it keeps you guessing for quite a long time. Like it, it does it does manage to keep that central conceit like going. Whereas another film that we'll talk about, like it telegraphs its fucking ending <laughs> right from the start. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it, it's really good. It's really it's a really good skill to be able to do that and not have it just be obvious. I, I, I do like the fact that because it, it's not it's not because it's, it, it's quite a gothic horror. Mm. It's what it's going for, and it's not the first time Branagh's done gothic horror. Mm. Branagh's done gothic horror before, um, but it is it the first time he's done gothic key horror? <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it, he does seem to have grown as a director, mm, and his ego's no. lowered. Yeah, that was the year of Ian. You need to fucking shut up. <laughs> no, Sorry, apologies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was exactly what it was, Bex. It wasn't meant in that way. He's got some good shit under his belt, actually, to be fair. Brother. Yeah, Yeah, but he also, throughout the 90s, was known for his colossal ego. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. But just from a directorial point of view, he has got some good stuff in there. Mm. Mm. I want to rewatch Belfast. What? I want to rewatch Belfast. Oh. Um. Yeah, I think it. I think it, it manages it really well. I didn't. I didn't expect Michelle Yeoh to die as early. That quickly? No, I was, I was a little bit I was like, like oh. hang on a second, you fucking cast Michelle Yeoh and then kill her off. What the fuck? Yeah, I was a. Little... Was I mean that that, Depp, that was so pre-Oscar, was mind. Yeah, true. But she was the Johnny Depp of this one, wasn't she? Really? Yeah. Cast a massive name. Mm. Kill him off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was a little bit like, whoa. I. What good death as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also like that, the oh, fact yeah. that it literally 
it gets you to the location quite quickly. Mm. Like you're there, what within ten minutes, mm. and it and it, and it and it's it's all it's all there. Because I was a little bit worried that we were going to get all right. He's going to go off and have a little bit of a no. It's this. It's this. It's this. And then we'll come back the second night and we get another one, another seance, mm. and bits like that. Yeah. Um, so I, and I was like, I don't, I'm not oh, that, don't I'm up for that. Because no matter what, seances in films are boring. They're really boring. Mm. Because it's the same trick things that are always going to happen. A door is going to spring open. Something's going to move around that you can't see. It's all, it's all the same. There's only so much you can do with it. But it's, very, it's not very often you get a, a seance movie that does anything different. It's why something like Host worked really well. Because it did something different with the seance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that yeah she died quickly and then it just became like this: is he going mad in other spirits, or is it just? And then it's just mad, honey. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like as soon as he was, he was, he was like, "That's not the honey I usually have. I can't place it." It was like, right, okay, yeah. dodgy Doesn't honey. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't get it from that. Yeah. Hmm, it's not wildflower, but I can't quite place it. Yeah. It didn't. It just didn't even twig with me at the time. But then, like, you look back and it's like. Oh. The, the thing is, but the thing there is, if somebody, if there's a line that is that line in a movie, you're like, well, that's got to fucking mean something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's I like. I really well, like my ring. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed it. Mm. Definitely not shit. Yeah, 100% definitely not shit. Yeah, pleasantly surprised by it, to be honest. Definitely not shit. And I said, didn't I, last, last time we recorded, I just really want this one to not be disappointing because I feel like there's been stuff I've looked forward to this year that's just ended up being really disappointing. So I'm really glad that it was good. Yeah, yeah, agree. I, I forgot to put out the polls on Twitter today. Been a busy day. It's 100% definitely not shit. Was it 100% definitely yeah. not shit? Fair enough. Tight, legit. Yeah. That will do. Right. Also, Camille Cotton uh, should be in more. Was she the... Who's she? She was, she was the housekeeper. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, she was alright. Yeah. I could see her playing something batshit at some point. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Right, I'll tell you what. We'll do Dumb Money... And then, uh, which Bex hasn't seen, and then we'll get Bex back in the room to start us off with what we've been up to. Oh, wow, so I literally have to leave the room? <laughs> you can stay and watch if you want. Yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Crazy. So, Dumb Money is directed by Craig Gillespie and stars Paul Dano, uh, Pete Davison, Vincent D'Onofrio, American Ferrara, Seth Rogen, Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, uh, Clancy Brown, Dane DeHaan, Olivia Frilby, who I swear I have not fucking seen in an age. That was wonderful to see her back. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, she was in Oppenheimer as yeah. well. Of course she was. But, yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, but it, it was like she has not been in an awful lot for a no, while. She, she, she disappeared for quite a while, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was really, yeah, really pleased to see her back. 
Right, so, uh, Dumb Money is the ultimate David versus Goliath tale. Come on, what? <laughs> um, based on the insane true story of everyday people who flipped the script on Wall Street and got rich by turning GameStop, yes, the mall video game store, who's the fuck's writing this? Into the world's hottest company. I mean, there's quite a lot wrong. Yeah, all right. Um, Mark. Dumb money. What did you think, baby? I mean, the thing is, you could call it stupid social network. Um, the, I mean, Will Bates' score is just desperate at the start to remind you of social network. <laughs> I, like, to a point of like, this is verging on, oh, come on, Will. <laughs> I assumed it was Reznor and Ross I, at the start. To I be thought, would not. I, I, I thought at first, is it is it Reznor and Ross? It can't be because they wouldn't do this movie and then just basically redo the same score. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's dumb money is best when it's being fun and funny rather than when it's trying to be dramatic and topical, is what I would say. But I like the fact that it's not an outright spoof. It's not an absurdity. It is, it's still, it, it doesn't veer too far off. I think that, I I get why Paul Danner is, is cast as this guy. I'm, I, I think there's a maybe an element that, he just speaks a little bit too slowly. That you are there going, oh Christ, man, this film would be half as long if you spoke a little bit quicker. Um, it's the film becomes instantly better, and it's a it's, it's a fun film. I, I enjoyed my time with it, but any time Pete Davidson is on screen, it is just so much better. The fact that you first see him and he's just driving along, and you're thinking. Why has he got four separate drinks? Because you just think that he's eating his own food and then you find out that it's not. That it's a dude that he's supposed to be delivering and he's just eating it all. <laughs> and then the next bit you find out is it's not even his car. It's his brother's that he just keeps following. And he's running away shouting, there's no gas left. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's fun. It's stupid, but it kind of feels like it should be a little bit stupid. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I thought it was just very straight down the line. Here is some stuff that oh, happened. Yeah. Here, here are some people affected by the stuff that There's happened. There's no digging deep. It's very here surface the, level. You, you will it, learn yeah. more about the story of this by sitting on the toilet and reading the wiki page than you will by watching this two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It was weird because, like, Seth Rogen's character, yeah, he's like a Wall Street hedge fund manager. I, I didn't necessarily get the feet. I don't think it did a good enough job of actually explaining why, like, he would he was someone who, by the end, you're meant to go, yeah, he lost all his money. Like the head, the, the concept, even and despite the fact that a lot of this film 
is someone going, oh yeah, I'm on Wall Street bets. What the fuck's Wall Street bets? Right, okay, here's two minutes of me reading you the Wikipedia page explaining what Wall Street bets is. And yet, I'm still like, well, Seth Rogen's character, I don't know, he's got a nice wife, he's got some kids, yay, successful, you know, And but then against, like, Nick Offerman, who just does seem like a bit of a dickhead, I don't, I don't think it played them particularly dickhead Like, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, I didn't really get a sense of who he was, he was just some sort of, like, go-between guy. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, the Paul Dano character, like, good on him, like, every man, financial analyst, yay, the most relatable person in this was Pete Davison, the best person in this was Pete Davison, yep, and yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I, it is an incredibly three out of five film, that should be more than a three out of five. I, I I was pretty fucking disappointed by it. Actually, the more I think about, it. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I I I I did not like Seth Rogen's character. His performance is good, but I did think you're a fucking prick and you deserve everything that's coming to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, what what? God, I don't know. I only watched this film last night, and maybe I've forgotten. But what elements of his character were, was like made you feel that strongly about? Him? He seemed like he he, he, he Rogan definitely plays it as the guy thinks that he's so much ahead of the game and so much smarter than everybody else, but it's not. He's constantly taking advice from everybody else and not doing anything really for himself, and he's just being a just a, not like not like I can understand the Nick Offerman character being a prick. That guy's just a prick, whereas Seth Rogan's character seems to be. He's probably not actually a... He doesn't seem to think he's being a prick. He, he, he just he doesn't seem smart enough to be an outright prick. He's just a prick because of the way that he is. <laughs> he's almost like meandered into being a prick. There's a bit I, where yeah, the, I I mean, the first I... thing he's doing is he's there just, what, getting... Like, he's food made for him and then um, having the conversation with Vincent D'Onofrio he, he's explaining the bits to him and he's like you're short, trying to short the stock again aren't you? and he's like yep sure am and he's like alright that feels like it's going to come and bite you in the arse mate that's literally what's happening this guy's almost warning you about it and you're still going to double down on it yeah okay yeah I d- yeah, I I suppose so. I don't know. I just I didn't. I just didn't get that sense at the th- the time. I mean, what you're saying is right. I mean, I was paying attention. To be fair, I had a really really fucking stressful day at work yesterday, and may maybe like I just wasn't quite in the zone with the film. But what I'll say yeah. is, it, it's not the most. Um... Like there's 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 not a great amount to it. Is what I will say. It's 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 fun and it kind of sweeps you along and it's it's almost fun because the people involved in it are quite fun to spend time with in terms of the actors. It's not the characters as such. It's more the actors are quite 
they're all good actors. They're all good screen presences. You know, the fact that Dane DeHaan's character um, is in it for, what, three or four scenes, but is great in it. And for the majority of it, he's wearing, he's aggressively wearing a mask. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did like when it was like, oh shit, that's Dane yeah. DeHaan. Because, you know, like you don't yeah. necessarily realise that. Shit, I know that fucking voice. Yeah, Whose voice yeah, is that? Yeah, totally. And then when he when he pulls it over his nose for a second, you're like, it's fucking Dean DeHaan! <laughs> um and I, I liked that about him. Um Sebastian Stan basically just just going, I wanna play such a fucking douchebag. Like, I wanna douche I this mean, guy up to uh, to to the absolute nth degree. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's like focus on, focus on the douchebags more. Like, cause I, reading up on the film a little bit, the the, the lesbian girls didn't exist in real life. No, they, they they were they were there basically to, to them and um, America Ferrera were, were there to basically have, you know the the other people the, the the people who were who were in support of it that it was affecting it was like the these are we're going to show the everyday people yeah you, which is absolutely fine but i kind of feel like if you took one of those spreads out and maybe spent a bit more time with sebastian mm. stan and like really kind of got into that because it just turns into okay they ran the app that shut down when people were like trying to buy more GameStop stuff. Yeah, and it's... Okay, okay cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there, there's like maybe said, a more I, interesting I, just... story with, like you say, with them. Like, that, that yeah. having three. You could have done two. You could have had the GameStop guy but... and the girls. I don't think you needed America Ferreira's nurse for it. Yeah, it's it's all... It's all and, and then, you know, there's, there's kind of like title cards and stuff at the end where it was like, Oh, but then there were texts and it revealed that he was actually talking to whoever the fuck it was. And then they decided to, like, shut things down. Like, that, the the investment firm or whatever. And it's like, right, yeah, do, do that. that. Yeah. Do do that. Tell that story. Because the, the film instead tries to go for this ultimate David versus Goliath thing. And it, I think it's interesting that the film doesn't really come down on the position that like the stock market is a bad thing yeah. it's no the stock market's a good thing because you know with a little bit of luck and looking into it you can make some money but it, it, instead of maybe the film it kind of feels like maybe craig gillespie did want to actually be a little bit more not the the, the game is fuck is just fucking rigged yeah. and it, it, i this by the end of this it's like ah oh, these guys these plucky everyday guys beat the system i don't know about you but before this film started there was some sort of weird fucking pre-roll from the fca talking about invent did you see this yeah. before my one started there was an ad where it was like a twitter post talking about oh i found this really uh really good investment blah, blah, blah. and it's like don't believe scams that you see. And it was like an ad for the FCA talking about their invest smart thing. Was that 
almost like it. That was an ad. It wasn't like that wasn't part of the movie because like, I literally came in as the BBFC title card was going away. Right. So literally, after the like the showcase, right time for the feature presentation thing, it had that, and then the um, it is an offence to record in a cinema. Then the BBFC, but it was like that's it was weird, positioned it? Yeah. as if it was actually part of the DCP. Ooh, that's a bit odd. <laughs> I, and honestly, I kind of feel like it's because this film, it's almost a comment on this film going that this film is actually a bit of an advertisement for being a retail investor, mm. for being dumb money. Mm. Because if you go on Reddit, if you go on Wall Street Bets, if you do your own research, maybe you can make money. It's almost like the FCA at the start of the film going, no, you actually probably do need to yeah. like take an, an investment advice yeah, yeah there is an element of, of of you know this film's gonna tell you that this guy who wears a fucking bandana and a cat shirt just randomly decided to get GameStop. no 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 he had training it, in this he was an analyst at one point <laughs> yeah i mean the moral of this story seems to be if you follow this guy on reddit <laughs> who you like and gives investment tips there's a chance you'll make money. And I I don't think that is what the film is trying to yeah. say, but that is what the film in the end of the day said to me. Yeah, and I definitely agree. There's, there's definitely um, an element of that uh, that's certainly there um, with with that. It's, I think that's it. it. It's fun enough. I just, I don't think it ever gets gritty enough and it never gets explosive enough and then it just it does kind of it meanders along at a certain pace and yeah i just I, again i'm just saying again the film it's instantly better anytime pete davidson is around it <laughs> yeah i mean as as i said to you mark when <laughs> paul dano is doing that hearing and talks about his mum, and then Pete Davidson just screams, "That's you, mum!" <laughs> you know, it, 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 like that. Great. The fact that Pete Davidson screaming, "That's you, mum!" is my favourite moment in a film ab- about this actually really interesting fucking financial phenomenon for a couple years back. Is is I I I think a bit of a damning indictment of what I thought of the film. I like I say, I was really disappointed. I think it was nothing that that a fucking Netflix documentary would not have done better. Yeah, it's not a... It's too... The problem is, if you make a film about something that happened literally... I mean, they started making it, what was it, 18 months beforehand it happened? Sure. Probably not even yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If you make something that quick to something happening, you don't have, like years of somebody accidentally outing something else mm. of somebody just fucking going it's of, of, of going thinking oh it, it's gone past enough time you don't have enough time to 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 have it when you can get into the detailing of it mm. a little bit more so what you end up with is something that's quite that that is a little bit frothy a little bit there's not there's no real kind of substance to it like i say you generally if you want to know what happened with this within this about this story just go and read the wikipedia 
because you are going to learn more than watching the movie. Yeah. If you want to see um, Paul Dano be really awkward, Pete Davidson be funny, and Nick Offerman be a prick, then go and see this. But also, as yeah. well, and I think I think that they that it's got a it's got a pretty stacked cast. But I would be surprised if Vincent D'Onofrio, Nick Offerman, Sebastian Stan, Seth Rogen were filming for more than three days each. Sure. And, and, yeah. and that kind of shows. I, also, the one other thing, what I would like to know is, from the writer's research, why, you know, what did, like... The, was Sebastian Stan's character so much more of a douchebag than his partner? Because his partner just comes across as it as just a little bit like, just he doesn't really know what's going on, and he seems yeah, quite like nice. he's being used. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Sebastian Stan just seems like he's aware of what's going on. He's not that bright, you know, uh, and he's he's very much just being taken by the money. Hmm. Yeah, if it, it feels like maybe the court findings found that that guy specifically was the one who <laughs> said, yeah, all right, we'll shut it down. Yeah, yeah without question. Mm. Look, uh, definitely not shit. It's engaging enough, but it, it's a pretty mild definitely not shit. It's one of my disappointments of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not shit on it. I think I'm a little bit higher than you are, but... but... Only because I had just an all right time watching it. <laughs> yeah, this this stuff's this stuff's kind of like catnip for me. Like yeah. like like kind of, I don't know like films about tech and business. It's it, it, like I I like this shit, and I was disappointed by how it told its yeah, tale. I feel like you so, weren't yeah. really expecting very much. So it's probably a different. I I, yeah. I the bits I liked about it were. Yeah, again, and I'm going to say it again. Pete Davidson running away from him shouting, you can't get me when you have a baby. <laughs> oh, that was good. And again, but again, Pete Davidson. Yeah, good. Pete Davidson always, basically always makes a film yeah, better. He does, by just he's just sheer Celtic presence. And literally just playing himself. Yeah. It, it's in, it, it's incredible, but yeah. it works. Yeah. But def, 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 right, definitely Pete, right. Okay. We are back, and it's time for Becky to speak some truth. What have you been up to, Becky? Um, okay, so it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, so, I have watched some things. Did I speak about Dolores Claiborne last time? Don't need it. No, okay, so we'll go for Don't that. think so. Um, so, I watched Dolores Claiborne. It is one of my favourite Stephen King adaptations, and I feel like it gets lost in the mix a little bit. Um, I think because it's um, God, what's her name in it? The actress, Kathy Bates. Because it's Kathy Bates and it's not Misery, mm. it gets lost a little bit. But it's it's really good. It's Dolores Claiborne. It's quite um, low key for the most part. It's not um, you know you know it's not got the supernatural element to it that Stephen King was was known for back in the day before yeah. he started doing more more normal stuff. So I think I think maybe it's just got 
a little bit lost over the years, but it's an absolute fucking banger. Um, I also watched The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. That's not the name of the thing. Yes, we all watched it. Did we? Yeah, I'm sure we did, didn't we? It was a TV show, wasn't it? Mm. I didn't watch it. Did you not? No. Oh, it's really good. It's a TV show. Mm. I'm not watching it. So it's basically like a parody of all these kind of... Oh, is that the Kristen Bell one? Right, sorry, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so I watched it when it came out and decided to give it a rewatch to see if, see, see if my thoughts on it have changed. The issue with it is, I think, the... The stuff it's parodying is already very daft. Mm. So it could just be a straight up fucking one of these types of show. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel significantly more daft than the the material it's parodying. So I think but I, there's some there's some really fucking good bits in it, like the fact that her wine glasses just get steadily larger, the fact that the bit on the gravestone changes every time she fucking goes the fact that she's constantly just making people like tuna pasta casserole type things i think it is um and just some real stupid shit like it rained on the day that her daughter died so she now can't go out in the rain there's there's just some really good touches and i think because it is like a series rather than um a film it it really takes advantage of the time it has to luxuriate in that. Like it never, it never hammers home. It doesn't, it doesn't focus on the, the gravestone when she goes to see her daughter, particularly to show you that the quotes are different every time. But then once you notice it, it's like, I don't know, it's subtle in a way that a lot of these parodies just really aren't. Um, and everyone's really good in it. So, yeah, anyone that's not seen it, I would strongly recommend it. Um, that was together, that was together. I, uh, b- 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 so I also watched the <clears throat> Skeleton Twins. Finally got around to that. I I really enjoyed the Skeleton Twins. You said you weren't super keen. Were, were you? Did not. Um, did, yeah, I've watched the trailer and did nothing for me. Oh, have you not actually seen it? No. Oh, okay. Wait, no, Skeleton Twins. No, I think what the only you watched. Silent Twins. Yes, Silent Twins. So, Silent Twins. No, it, 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 it's fine. It's just a bit grey. I think that's the point, though. Yeah, but I'm not... Just, there was a lot of jumpers in it, I remember. I mean, people wear jumpers. But there was too much jumper in it. I just think it's, it's, really, it's really sort of sweet and it feels tangible it feels real like it's life isn't a series of events that happen that are big events it's it's small it's the small stuff that happens between the big events and this is kind of of that and i like it and i think they're both really fucking good in it they're both really good in it yeah it's i i I just i I found it just yeah it just to be quite gray Beige. No, I, I get that. I get that. But I think it does really. Porridge. No, because I think it does really. I think it does really well with highlighting the the loveliness that happens. The the the, the, the in the in the in the moments in the small interactions and stuff like that. I think it does really well with that. Um. Okay. So 
probably referenced it. I also watched The Silent Twins um, that came out not so long ago. Okay, like, but it's on Sky now. So. Is it this year? Um, Earlier this year, yeah, I feel, yeah. Um, really fucking interesting, to be honest. Um, sent me into a bit of a rabbit hole reading up about the the real life people it was based on and sort of and and I think it's quite accurate to that but what it does really well is it weaves in so there's lots of diaries and short stories written by the girls that this is about that they've woven into the story as like uh, like dramatizations but also as like stop motion kind of puppet show type things um so they they had like dolls and stuff that they used to act out the stories that they were writing um when they were in their room not talking to anybody else so they've done like recreations of the dolls and done them in as like stop motion animated sequences within the movie um which is really good. Um, yeah, yeah, really fascinating story. It's quite a recent one, so I won't, won't go into it too much. But I would, I would definitely, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. And I didn't think it was, it was to get something a bit more highbrow into my watching. <laughs> and I didn't think I thought, it, yeah, it's going to be very worthy, but it's not going to be particularly enjoyable. But it is really good. Um, not a problem I have. No, you don't worry about that, dear. So I rewatched Dungeons and Dragons. Still fucking slaps. Yeah, good, eh? Really good. Um, I was a bit worried that it might lose some of its magic on rewatch, and especially like watching it on TV instead of in the cinema. But it no, it holds up. Really fucking good. Film of the year. So I also what? Right, so we'll get to that in a minute. So I also watched the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, because I feel like I've underwatched the Andrew Garfield Spidermans. I feel like you've seen these more than like two times. That feels like you've overwatched them. <laughs> I don't think I've seen them as much as the like Toby Maguire. Yeah, I think I've only ever seen the Toby Maguire ones like once each. Well, I think I avoid the Andrew Garfield ones because it was supposed to be a trilogy that then got cut short, mm. so it doesn't really round out its arc. Yeah. So and I don't like that for it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it on rewatch actually. Cool. He's a really good Spider-Man. So yeah, and then uh, I'll, hmm. I'll go into it probably more um, next week. But I have been rewatching all of the Saw movies, so I've got through five of them. I didn't do Saw because I've watched Saw to death. So I started with number two. Hmm. So I've done. So, so you did two, three, four, five, yeah. six. Yeah. So then I've got Saw 3D, Jigsaw, and Spiral to watch before we go see Saw 10. Um, yeah. And I, what I really appreciate about these movies is like the more the more I watch them, the more I understand about like the interconnected stuff. Mm. Like the more it sticks in my head. Um, they're more like they're more like TV episodes than films. Yeah, they really are, and I think because I've just been back to backing them because you've been on silly shifts at work, haven't you? So you've been going to bed pretty early. Um, I've just been like watching them, and then I'll I'll like stop mid film and then start it up again, and then watch the rest of that one, and then the start of the next one. So I think it's helped keep the continuity in my brain. 
if Sorex ends with somehow he's actually alive after everything, and then we can just get new films where he's alive, then that film, I will promise you now, no matter what star rating I give it, I will say that that is my favourite film of the year. <laughs> Fair. That's because it's like the trailer for it is like witness the start of his final game or something like that. So he's going to be Jigsaw is going to be playing another fucking game. Yep. And it just somehow is there any way in which it can be revealed that it wasn't actually him who died and I don't know people were drugged. Or it was his twin brother. Have it be his twin brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or have it be that he, I need, that, I need, that he I got need someone that. to get surgery. Someone that had wronged him to get surgery and make him look like him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That is that is what needs to happen in Sorex. Honestly, if, if that's the reveal and then it could be present day and Tobin Bell's back making people play games again... I will stand up, I will applaud, and it will be my favourite film of the year. <laughs> to be fair, though, for a franchise where the main antagonist dies in the second movie, they've got some fucking mileage out of it, haven't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I saw I saw something, um, someone putting forward an argument for the fact that... Um, is it Adam that Lee Wanell plays in the first one? Yes. Isn't actually dead. And he's been working for Jigsaw all along and is like a hidden. Wouldn't surprise you with that universe. No, absolutely not. Ever. There is zero chance that Lee Wan Ao is coming back to Saw. <laughs> it would have, I mean, like, maybe the character, but there's no way Lee Wan Ao is. Yeah. Yeah. But. We, it's just, we need Saw 11 directed by James Wan and it's a malignant crossover. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was me. A lot of saw. I, it, it's... Which one was your favourite? Hmm, I've not finished them yet. I, I really like them all for different reasons. Um, yeah. Because six is the um, the one where it's like, or the 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 kind of like the comment on the state of the of medical practice in the US. And it's like weirdly socially yeah. aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That. Yeah, that's the insurance one, isn't it? That's it. That's it. And that's then it. Five is the real estate one. Yes. Yeah. They are. They're just also grim. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one that ends with that guy being kind of like buried in that coffin thing, and it's just old fucking Costas Mandalore looking yeah. at yeah. him? And then it ends. Yeah, yeah I don't know why that Luke stuck Hopper with me. The Gilmore Girls get squished, and the smug man just sinks into into the ground and watches him get squished. Oh no, that's it. He sinks into yeah. the ground, and it's the other guy who's fucked. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, that's it. I just, I, I love them all for different reasons, like that, and they're all so fucking overblown and so gory. And it's like, I, I, I genuinely think, like, when you think of the big horror franchises, this this might be, of, of like, the, of that type of horror. Yeah. This might be my favourite. 
I like it better than the Halloween. It's just... I like it better than like the Friday the Thirteenth. So all those kind of biggies. It's like it's torture porn, but also like soapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just such a weird fucking mix. It's absolutely fucking pure bollocks. Yeah. But you, I, because we watched them all in the run up mm. to Spiral, yeah. didn't we? And I, I, I don't remember hating no, them. No, no. They're weirdly Moorish. Like, you watch them, you get the cliffhanger, it's like, right, I want to see what happens in the next one <laughs> yeah, now. You watch it going, oh, this isn't even really that good. And then it finished and you go, ah, oh, fuck, can I squeeze the next one in before bed? <laughs> it's like, I do remember Final Chapter being pretty yeah. rough. But that's like that's the only one that is just shit. Is that the next one? 3D? Yeah. 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 But like four, five, six, that's just a run of like four and a half hours or so of just silly shite. <laughs> yeah. And they all they all like happen like simultaneously as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everyone yeah. is this is his final game from from um John Kramer and it's like is it though? Because you said that last time, and it's actually <laughs> happening at the same time. So that they're all just his final game. They're all just running. It's fine. Saw X needs to happen both twenty years ago and <laughs> today. Yeah. 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 Uh, is 3D the one with the motorcycle thing? Yes. And it and it's happened years ago or something, and they just find it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 hang on. Where it happened years ago and they find it is... Uh, uh, spoiler alert. Jigsaw. 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 Okay. Because that, that's the one where it kind of seems like it's happening concurrently mm. and then Tobin Bell's in it. It's like, what the fuck's going on? And then it turns out that that was like his first game. But now, but, but, While someone's playing but, another game. But now game. it's going to turn out that this was actually his first game. <laughs> I mean, no, this is his most personal game. But then it's going to turn out that the one of the people in this game gets a, a complete body transplant to look like Tobin Bell and is then irradiated so that he gets cancer and then Tobin Bell is going to uh, transfer his consciousness to an AI and then it's going to be AI... John Kramer. Yep, would watch that. Yeah, would watch. Would watch. He transfers it into a... Oh, yeah. He transfers it into kind of like a... It's just like all his body parts are made of TV screens. And all the TV screens are just doing Billy yeah. the Puppet. But it's John Kramer's consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is Billy the Puppet. <laughs> just just riding around and just behind them behind the, behind the, the Billy the Puppet mask is just a TV screen of John Kramer's face. Saw 11.0. I'll write it. <laughs> so, yeah, Sunday night I was faced with a choice of either rewatching all the Expendables movies in the run up to four, or killing yourself. Amazing Spider Man 2, or committing to a rewatch of all the Saw movies. And I'm, I'm really glad I went the route that I did. Yeah, you made yeah. the right choice. I am so fucking glad I didn't watch the Expendables trilogy. I got a refund on that purchase from iTunes because I saw Sense, and I'm really <laughs> glad I did. Oh, dear. Fair. Fair. 
So yeah, that's me. That's all I've watched on my own. Nice. Mark? Let's do my solo ones. We can do one. We can get our joint ones out of the way. It's up to you. We'll do our joint ones then. Okay. So what did we watch joint? Okay. So I, for the first time in my entire life, watched the Transformers 1986 animated movie. Yep. Oh my god. Right, so you see all these things, don't you? Referencing the fact that like cartoons from the 80s gave kids seizures. And it's like, you watch the Transformers and it's like, oh, do you know what? I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was one of my bigger takeaways. It's fucking great. I really fucking enjoyed it. Why does Optimus Prime always die in everything, though? <laughs> Yeah. He's, like he's supposed to be like the, right. the best guy and like he's he's, he's a bit of shit he always just gets killed yeah. but yeah it's fucking bonkers so 80s and mint love it yeah it is it, it is it is seizure inducing <laughs> but it was nice re-watching it having not watched it for about 30 odd years yeah yeah probably longer probably 35 years since I've watched it yeah you can lead into the only other one that we've watched together. What, In Time? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Watched In Time, didn't we? We did watch In Time. Yeah. Better than I remember. It, it, it's good. It's it, It's a good-looking movie. Mm. It's a fun concept. Everyone's incredibly attractive, because they're all supposed to be, like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you've got this, you know... This whole Bonnie and Clyde kind of element to it towards the second half. It's YA without being about young people, though. It is very yeah. YA vibes, isn't it? I, I think, yeah, of the time that it was made, yeah, I think it, that was like the, the new hot thing, wasn't it? Mm. But yeah, really, really good concept. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's high concept sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's also shot by Roger Deakins and, you know, the performances are all fun in it. Yeah. Apart from Alex Pettifer, who is just shit. Yeah, that, that little snippet of information that you gave me that they got, they were going to get Tom Hardy and then they got Pettifer because they wanted someone more intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever seen... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I might have ever heard. Um, so, no, I, I only saw it once in the cinema. What? They cast Alex Pettifer because Tom Hardy wasn't nice. Yes, the carrots that Alex Pettifer had. They were originally, they were going to. Andrew Nichol wanted, um, wanted Tom Hardy, had Tom Hardy. But at the time, um, Fox were like, no, because. Hardy's just made this movie with Killian Murphy already, and you know they, they were in that together. And you know we we want somebody who's a little bit more intimidating, and so they they basically foisted um, Alex Pettifer on Andrew Nichol. <laughs> and that's yeah, that was the reason why because they thought that he seemed like he could be a bit more intimidating than Tom Hardy. Wow. <laughs> mm. And. He manages to be literally the least intimidating thing in a movie that contains soft-spoken um, Justin Timberlake. Mm. Um, 
Right, what else? Is that the only... Yeah, it's the only other one we watched together, isn't no. it, Bex? What? What? We watched a biggie that we No, did. I was saying that. Oh, that. that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'll let you take the lead on this one. So, we re-watched The Star Is Born, didn't we? Yes. On beautiful 4K disc, rather than digital. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks and sounds massive, doesn't it? Mm. What did you think on your rewatch, Rebecca? Um, I think I liked it better on rewatch than I did when I initially watched it. Yeah. Um, the issues that I have with it, I feel like are more issues that I have with choices the characters make than issues with the actual film itself. Mm-hmm. Um, You're wrong, by the way, on everything you're about to say, but carry on. <laughs> so, I, but I can't. I can't hold that against the film. It's not an issue with filmmaking. It's, it's, in fact, a positive that the film makes me feel so strongly about the stupid characters that it's done its job right, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, enjoyed it much more on, on rewatch. It's still, I still don't hold it in as high esteem as you do, but then I don't think anyone does. No, possibly not. Mm. No. Um... <sighs> Genuinely, I think, unless I have just watched Apocalypse Now, I think this might be my favourite film of all time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Pure, just like, joy watching it when it's joyful at the start, Mm. but also... Just knowing what's coming is just this this dread that was in you within you as well, and you kind of you're watching it going. Well, no, they're just what what? Why do you exist, you prick? <laughs> About the manager and bits like that, and then you're picking up more as it's going along. It, it, it's it, it's improved watching it each single time because you pick out different bits that you maybe didn't quite. Mm, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a film that that. Offers much on rewatch. Yeah, um, I'd that. certainly say that um, it's. I, I do think in, in in like ten years time or fifteen years time, there is going to be a point where someone's going to turn around and go, "Just ever remember that time when Rami Malek won a Best Actor Academy Award in the same year that Bradley Cooper was in A Star Is Born." That was an odd time for the world, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking at points. Yeah, it is, yeah. But also quite joyful at points as well, where I think that makes the heartbreaking elements of it even better. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. It, I just think it's a spectacular. It looks fantastic. The music in it's great. Uh, the fact that the they're actually singing. These people are actually singing and it's not them miming to something that they've already sung into something that's then been put through things. When they're singing live, they're actually singing live. Mm. And, you know, I think from um, watching like a little featurette about it, um, Cooper was, like, in between doing it for dubbing or doing it for um, singing live. And apparently it was Gaga who went live. It, 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 it's the it has to be done live it will make it so much better mm. so they tested one scene and were like yeah 
that's right live it has to be it has to be live yeah uh, it just does make it so much better um, yeah fantastic really really enjoyed my rewatch of it good stuff yep right do your own on your own now do you want me to buy my own yeah 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 uh, few more speed through um, watch 30 minutes or less uh, again um, it's a fun movie. Don't really need to talk about that much. Not that much <laughs> to it. It's just quite fun. Um, what else did I watch? Rewatched Love of the Drugs. That's a fun movie until it's not a fun movie. And then it's quite depressing. But then it has the good sense to give it a happy ending at the end of it that even is also still quite depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also as well... It's. It very much is. Um, it's very much just Jake Gyllenhaal and, 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 and Anne Hathaway just naked for an awful lot of the first like half of that movie. Which I don't think anyone's going to complain about, really. Um, mm. uh, again, another movie that is proof that um, if you point it out too much, mate, she'll put her boobs away. Be gonna, careful. Yeah. Uh, also proof that Oliver Platt makes everything better. <laughs> Always. Mm. He very much is one of those guys that when he turns up in something, you go, alright, this is about to get really good. <laughs> He's just one of those great character actors that just really, you just, he lights up any movie that he's in. A real just great screen presence, a real fun screen presence. Yeah. Um, we watched Plus One, which was a movie from you know the the depths of COVID years um, that we watched. Is that the Jack yeah, Quaid one? Jack Quaid and um, that film's I, I fun, it, yeah. eh? Well, that's it. We all enjoyed it from what I remember when we watched it. Um, yeah. And so I, I rewatched it knowing that I'd enjoyed it, and I was watching a couple of rom coms at the time going through a little bit of a, a phase of watching a few rom coms. Um, it's really good really holds up it's an awful lot of fun it's sweet it's frothy it's very much just kind of just sit back and just let it kind of wash over you um but also yeah it's it's charming and that's what these films should be if they should be they should be charming and it's it, it never gets too bogged down for it ever to not be charming, and um, Maya um, Ereskin is is just great. She's incredibly uh, fun in this movie. Uh, what else did I watch? Euro Trip. Yeah, we watched Euro Trip. Um, hmm. that, You've watched this too many. I times. have watched this too many times. Yes, I have. Um, the thing about Euro Trip is every time you watch, every time you watch it, every if you watch it like every few years, which I seem to do, you get closer to watch it and going, do you know what? Maybe I should never watch this again. This is just fully like and yet, no. <laughs> yeah, and yet in a couple of years' time, I will watch it again. But yeah, it's just. I'm not going to say it's bad because we already knew it was bad. <laughs> it does have a joint first place for one of the greatest cameos of all time of Matt Damon coming out and singing Scotty Doesn't Know. Yeah. 
which is great, and the fact that that movie, that song continues throughout the entire fucking film is great, and that that cameo is tied with Morris Day in moving as the greatest cameo of all time. Not Brad Pitt in Deadpool. That's not oh, as that good, good as Morris Day in moving. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Euro Trip is good. If you've been watching Eurotrip for 20 years. I'll rephrase that. Eurotrip is fun if you've been watching Eurotrip for 20 years. If you showed Eurotrip to somebody who was like 17 to 20 years old now and said, watch it, this movie's great. You know that, there was like a Vine thing or like a, 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 a fucking Instagram shorts thing or something like that of a guy who would say, who like would say, you know, watching movies back, showing your friends movies that you watched when you were young, and then watching them back and going, and it's like he'll, he'll show you like knocked up and go, "This movie's great, this movie's great," and then he'll show like different reactions of him going, "Oh my god, I didn't realize this was in this." Mm. That this movie is just one giant oh shit <laughs> <laughs> of a movie. Um, so yeah, don't never never first watch Euro Trip now. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then the last one... No, I've got two more, actually. Fucking hell. Um, 99 Homes. Another rewatch. Um, which I think I dubbed to you, Becky, as it. this is a... This is an economical horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, time again. Yes. So, 99 Homes is Andrew Garfield uh, and Michael Shannon and Laura Dern. And it is... Essentially, a, a film about the the housing market crash uh, of of two thousand nine and yeah. the aftermath of that, uh, and Shannon playing a a real estate broker that essentially buys uh, repossessed homes yeah. off um, off the bank yeah uh, so he doesn't buy the bit he just as the home is repossessed he buys it off them at a fraction of the cost but then does you know it's about the shady stuff that he does like he's buying a a home that he's supposed to have like a kitchen and all this stuff in it mm. and then what he'll do is he'll rip out the kitchen and then say oh no, no when I bought it I had a kitchen he didn't have a kitchen now so that then the um, essentially the the government has to then refit a kitchen into it and it's oh, the, right. it's a weird like he's spotted all of the loopholes yeah. that he can exploit uh, and Andrew Garfield starts as one of the guys who is hell home is getting repossessed. Yeah. But then he goes on to end up working for Michael yeah. Shannon. Yeah. Um, as a guy who is doing these ripping out these like kitchens and the AC units and bits like that. Mm. Um, and it just gradually builds that you know that he that Garfield's character gets closer to him and starts making money out of it and everything like that. And it's kind of like he's working for the enemy, but he still kind of thinks he's a good guy until he's faced with the idea of, do you know what, maybe I'm not a good mm. guy. <laughs> and it's that kind of story. Yeah. Um, it's... I mean, you're watching it and it, you know, it, it, I think it has as much... the the. The workings of it and the, like I said, the, the, the economical horror element of it, um, it, it is there. You know, there's, there's a bit where there's a guy, um, an older gentleman, hmm. who doesn't just doesn't know what's going on. That his house has been repossessed and it's not. He's renting it and it's that his landlord has been. What is yeah, it? But his yeah. landlord's still been taking the money off him. 
but hasn't been paid the mortgage. And it's basically the sheriff's department are just basically turfing this guy out of his house. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. And they say to him, have you got any family? He's like, no. But he, but he doesn't have a clue what's going on. Uh, and so you, that's where like, the, the, the psychological fucking horror almost comes out of it. Yeah. So it's quite affecting. Uh, and Shannon plays a great just fucking dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, within it. Uh, when Garfield playing, knowing uh, and every man that kind of knows himself. what he's doing, but he never goes full. He never goes full douchebag, mm. but he gets very close to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then I watched a Netflix original called Happiness for Beginners. Yeah. What? Doesn't look very good. This film. I'm fine with you thinking that. Um, <laughs> So, it stars Ellie Kemper, and I watched it because I thought, do you know what, I can happily spend 80 minutes with Ellie Kemper. Yes. Yep, so she's going through a divorce, um, and so she's trying to kind of re-find herself, so she's going, she goes on a hiking trip, like an organised like hiking trip, um, through um, the Appalachian Mountains of... Um, Somewhere, uh, and but what would you have it? One of her brother's friends is also on the same hiking trip, Whoa. and it, it, it's quite obvious that he has a thing for her. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's quite sweet. It's quite it's there's not that much to it, but it's quite enjoyable watching it. To be honest, it's eighty odd minutes of just yeah, this is fine. Yeah, you know exactly what's going to happen from the start of it to the end of it, and it's it, it's helped by the fact that yeah, everybody within it pretty much is quite fun to spend time with. Sounds good. Yeah. What have you been watching? Or what have you been up to this week, Ian? Uh, okay. Um, uh, you know, I I, I I won't talk about the Formula One too much. Just Max Verstappen lost a race. Stupid, sexy Carlos Sainz won that race, which was good to see. The Red Bulls were never going to uh, be all right with Singapore. It's a street circuit, doesn't suit their car, but that was good. But then the Japanese Grand Prix, Max Verstappen absolutely crushed it. But there we are. The F1 season is reaching its uh, last like six or seven races. There's still quite a bit of drama to go. And it rules. I was up at like six in the morning on Sunday watching the Japanese Grand Prix. And I would not have been anywhere else. Top nice. stuff. So, yeah. So I will talk about AC for Brady. Because I don't expect everybody to watch the commentary. AC for Brady is uh, touching cloth. Nice. Which is pr- probably better than you'd expect. Guy Fieri, weirdly MVP. What, Guy Fieri's in it? <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Um, he's in it. A fair bit. There, there's a bizarre uh, joke. Uh, there, there, there are a couple of very odd instances which we call out in the in the commentary that are heightened by the presence of Guy Fieri, and I will leave that there. Um, but yeah, it's it's an entertaining enough watch when you've had a few beers and you're going to walk up a mountain the next day. <laughs> what can I say? 
Um, okay, so uh, finished off uh, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, kind of talked about it a little bit on the last main episode. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's a good time. It, it, it does kind of feel a little bit more like an episode compared to the first two films films but um it yeah it's fun it it splits its time up amongst the characters pretty well you know there's there's a good chunk of all the main characters in this it's not all just kirk and spock Mm. you know they kind of do that on purpose by like it's kirk and chekhov it's spock and bones and stuff so they they kind of mechanically do that but um yeah I, i uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite fond of Star Trek Beyond. I'm, I'm fond of the Kelvin trilogy as a whole, quite frankly. Um, rewatch Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it, it's Sky Cinema on Sky Stream has just got a lot of random stuff in like UHD and Atmos, which is Back to cool. the Future is one of them. Um, and Back to the Future is one of them. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it, you know, I, I haven't seen Back to the Future in fucking years. So, Einstein, fantastic performance. Best performance of the film, Leah Thompson. Yeah. Just absolutely the horny but doesn't really know what to do with herself. <laughs> like 15, 16 yeah. year old. Horny but doesn't know what horny is. <laughs> just knows she wants to do something with him. Yeah. But doesn't know... Like, just the constant... The way... Like, her character, even when she sat still, her energy is just leaning in (laughs) towards Marty. And it... it, 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 That's fantastic stuff. It's Back to the Future. I don't don't think I really need to say too much more. Hey, it's Back to the Future. So, uh, rewatched Rush. Um... So the Ron Howard directed F one film. Um, look, I mean, it's it, it it's Chris Hemsworth playing a cad, mm. but he's kind of a dickhead compared to who should be the main character, who is the dickhead on the outside, but actually quite sympathetic. Nicky Lauder re- played fantastically by Daniel Brühl. He is brilliant in this hemsworth's good in it as well i think it's funny that like recently james hunt's son gave an interview saying that like daniel Brühl did real research into nicky lauder spent time with him you know talked to um hunt's son tried to get an understanding of the relationship and stuff chris hemsworth none of that (laughs) um and and uh, you know hemsworth it is just the I'm a Jack the Lad kind of performance. Daniel Brühl, it feels fucking lived in. It it, it feels open and honest. And yeah, it, it, it's... Rush is fantastic. Um, the sense of place and time, I think Ron Howard gets absolutely spot on. And just the sheer... Formula One is fucking dangerous. 40 years ago, it was it was almost like a fucking death sentence. Um, it, it, it's really well played. It's a very, very engaging film. I really enjoy it. Um, Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky. Did, I, did you watch that on Netflix? Because Netflix is basically shouting at people to watch yep. it. 
yeah, yeah. It's like it's been in the top ten on Netflix for a bit, and it caught yeah. me. I've, we've um, watched it a couple of times recently, look, haven't we? Because yeah. literally every time you put Netflix, so it's going. Hey, you want to watch Lord and Lucky? <laughs> yeah. It's super shaggy. <laughs> like it's 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 entertaining all the way through, but by the end, you're like. I can think of at least four scenes you could just cut out. I, I, I always think that Logan Lucky feels a little bit like Soderbergh sold the rights to it and had made money on it and was very much... He, he, he very much liked to tell anybody who was listening that the film had already made its budget back before it was released because of how he sold the rights to it. And it's almost like he did that like 60% of the way through shooting and then just kind of did give a shit by the end. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I it the heisty elements of it are really cracking and really entertaining. And it him and his daughter, it it's trying to do something and it's just undercut. Like the last twenty minutes or so where spoiler alert for Logan Lucky where he basically dumped like it seems like he dumps off the cash and then everybody's like, Well fuck that guy and it's like oh he just loved his daughter. It 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 doesn't wrap up great. Mm. It's like the denouement is weirdly the worst part of the film. But, it, yeah, I mean, there's some fantastic stuff in it. Also, I will say, I really like Channing Tatum in it, but he is completely fucking run over by Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah. Like, Joe Bang has got so much life to him. And then Adam Driver and Channing Tatum kind of don't. And I, 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 that, 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 yeah, that's a bit of a problem for me as well. Solid four out of five. Don't get me wrong. I, I do, I do like Logan Lucky. I remember, really, I remember, I remember um, but, very much enjoying it. Yeah, but I, I, that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, and lastly, uh, so uh, Netflix original film, uh, Pablo, uh, Pablo Lorraine's latest, El Conde or The Count. So. I'm going to be going all spoilers all the time on El Conde. Yep. So strap in. So, Pablo Lorraine's follow-up to Spencer is Pablo Lorraine going, Netflix, give me money. Money, 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 money. Thank you very much. Bye. And here is what we got. So, this film supposes that Pinochet is a vampire. (laughs) He were he uh, like he was in an orphanage in France and he's just a vampire um you know he can eat normal shit seems to be all right in sunlight and whatnot but is a vampire and he f- fucks off out of France tears shit up for a couple hundred years ends up in Chile and becomes Pinochet he starts it as Pinoche he's Pinochet so he's on his deathbed his, fa- his, his sons and daughters uh, uh, come in because he summoned them. And a nun who is posing as an accountant also is dispatched there to sort through all his shit because he's forgotten how much he has in his estate or something. And there's a woman with an English accent narrating throughout, but then the rest of the film is 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 done in in foreign language. And it's Pinochet kind of getting his groove back, like he wants to die, 
but then he kind of doesn't want to die because this then this accountant nun turns up and he basically he's got a boner and he wants to fuck her and be young again and you got the the family arguing amongst themselves about uh about how much they're owed like all selfish money grubbing sons and daughters you got the nun interviewing them and they're they're talking about how essentially none of them were responsible for any of the atrocities done under Pinochet and even Pinochet wasn't responsible for it and it was all the business interests that he's had that forced him to do it all and it's revealed later on that the nun was sent by the church to basically try and steal money from under him to fuel the church and it's going on and on and on and it looks really good shot by the guy who shot uh, Carol Ed Lackman black and white photography looks brilliant bit of ultra violence every now and then as vampires get vampire-y oh um his butler is also a vampire who wants to fuck his wife and his wife wants to be a vampire but he keeps on refusing to bite her it's all this waffly bollocks but it means stuff because it's about capitalism and money ruining everything and war crimes but it's also about the nun like and a vampire trying to fuck a nun then, in the third act, the English the English speaking narrator comes into play. She reveals to Pinochet that she is his mum. And do you know who she is? I think I do. Yeah. Go on. Margaret Thatcher. You got it, baby. It's Maggie. How the fuck did you know that? I, I read something. I read something put that, that said right, okay. Alconda. Well, I wasn't expecting Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> right, so this is the thing. You got this... I thought it was a little bit weird that this posh English woman was narrating the whole thing. But it's almost like it just... You're, you're watching it, and it just becomes kind of like par for the course, and you kind of forget about that. So when it's revealed that Maggie Thatcher is a vampire who birthed the man who turns out to be Pinochet... Sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? One of those. Go on, then. Uh, Fair enough. It, yeah, it was. It was like I was a little bit like. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but it's also kind of boring. It's super, super fucking arty, and it's like I'm sure that people who who are uh, have the have the indulgence in life to think about films more than most people probably having absolute mind orgies about it all but me i'm sitting down on a monday night after a hard day at work i'm fucking watching this i'm just like it's very pretty vampires in it cool i'll give it a watch right who's the english lady (laughs) that's margaret thatcher all right i'm back in the room (laughs) that's that's where i'm at with it you know it's appealing to both the art house and also the people who just want to see some batshit bollocks. <laughs> and that's the film. The thing about this film, it is abs- just fucking bullshit. Whatever point it's trying to make is absolutely suffocated when it's presupposing that Maggie Thatcher is a vampire and her son is Pinochet <laughs> and he's also a vampire. And then at the end of the film... Real spoiler alert. They both, like, basically just 
uh, uh, go on a bit of a killing rampage and drink young blood and then they're both young again and then it ends with her basically <laughs> depositing him at school and going right we're going to cause some shit now let's go again end of film El Conde I, 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 again it's one of the, it's one of those things where it's like I'm glad it exists but also if Netflix could maybe not increase my prices next year <laughs> and maybe not fund Pablo Lorraine making a film where Pinochet is a vampire, but so is Margaret Thatcher, which is going to be seen by 0.001% of people who have Netflix, maybe I would take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a weirdly pointless endeavour. Apart from, it's getting to a point of uh, that's uh, a bit nutty. Uh, uh, hang on a minute. So Netflix is basically the price of Disney Plus and uh, Prime put together. Yeah, but maybe just don't make all of these things. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm kind of glad that they yeah, do. I and I suppose it, 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 in the end of the day, they make this. I watch this. They make I, I, whatever like dating bollocks they do, and I don't watch that, but other people do. So maybe it just balances yeah, out. That's it. There's all the TV but, shows that I don't watch, but people, but people yeah. do, and all the true crime fucking documentaries that I don't watch that people do. I bet the viewership figures on this, if there was like a pie chart, You'd have to get like an electron microscope, but but but, a, but, but I, I, I guarantee you more I people have watched it. it on Netflix than will have watched it if it came out in the cinema. Mm. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean that that that's a great point. I, yeah, I don't know. It just it feels like it's trying to say something. It's just um, totalitarian regimes are bad. Yeah. I think we already knew that. And you're not doing it in a way that's necessarily going to get people who might need to hear that message in. <laughs> Which I've, I've said about other films in the past. You know, it just it's an entertaining premise and that gets you in. But then it's also very, very arty. And I, 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 I would not be surprised if a, a, a large amount of people turn this off 20 minutes in. That I will yeah. say. Before it gets to Maggie. I will, but you've convinced me to give it a go. I was looking, thinking, if this is anything for two hours, I'm I'm probably not going to bother. But it's not, so I can I I can give my time to that. I I mean, I had to. I I watched it in like seven parts. (laughs) There is no chance on God God's green earth I would have watched it in one go. Might be good. Might be good lunch watch. I mean, yeah. I mean, you need to fucking tell the folks in your place of work what you're watching and. I, I would I'd, I'd love their reactions. <laughs> uh, okay, so that'll do for that. So now, <laughs> um, let's let's talk about expend four balls. Um, so expend four balls is directed by Hidden Strikes Scott War, um, and stars. Jason Statham, 
50 Cent, Megan Fox, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa, Iko Uwais, Andy Garcia, Randy Couture, Jacob Scipio, and Sylvester Stallone. Armed with every weapon they can get their hands on. This shit's just written by AI now, I think. The Expendables are the world's last line of defence and the team that gets called when all other options are off the table. That's not that's not a description of this film no. at all. Um, I'm going to start on this Go one. On. Expend Four Balls has a few gems of moments. Jason Statham encountering a bad guy and surprising him by saying, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Colin, you scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> to a guy who, let's just say, let's just be honest, does not look like he'd be called Colin. And then 30 seconds later, refers to someone as you silly sausage. <laughs> yeah. Right. The Statham-led portions of this film, I'm, I'm kind of down for. Alright? It's... It feels like he ad-libbed a lot of his stuff. Like, Jesus Christ, Colin, you scared the shit out of me. It's not a line that no. was written. Um, <laughs> and it's making me laugh to think about it. Now, the thing is, everything around that is actually uh, in Tony Jar. I liked Tony Jar. Yeah. Everything around them is fucking bollocks. And the first 15, 20 minutes or so is some of the most amateur hour shite you will see on the big screen this year. Also, Megan Fox is supposed to be the leader of this team and not once do you get any evidence of her leading the team other than one bit where they basically go, yeah, but you didn't say it how Sly says it. <laughs> yeah. Um... No. This this film, my review is just no. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to Bex first because I think maybe Mark needs to take some time to reflect on what I said there instead of just acting uh, rashly. Bex, expend four balls. Hmm. Um I mean, it was a day off afternoon watch for us, and I feel like that's about the right spot for it. Like, if I if I watched this on an evening, I would begrudge it my time, um, because it's not it's not good, but it's fun enough. Um, I don't think it's violent enough, and I think you could say that on ninety nine percent of movies. Um, the thing that really I found really jarring was it was either the the script or the um, or the acting of the script was poor 
in the bantery bits. Like it felt really, really cringy. Um, the bits where like Stallone and Statham are having their little back and forth at the beginning was just fucking painful. I, I liked that. I, of course you did, you idiot. No, it was it was so fucking bad, Mark. <laughs> I, I didn't say it was good. <laughs> my my first comment after we came out of the cinema was how have we somehow gone backwards with special effects because the effects are poor the, 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 honestly that first 10-15 minutes was PS3 cutscene <laughs> level yeah. yeah it genuinely was yeah like after that most of it is played out in darkness so that helps but Man, some of those explosions in that fucking desert. The, the, I think some of the bad bits by it is if some of them Christ. explode before anything hits them as well. Mm. It was the green screen. O- honestly, me. that first 15, 20 minutes between that that action and Stallone and Statham, the whole fucking thing about him getting his ring back. I, what are they doing? It, it was the green screen for me with the effects. Like you could, it was like practically a fucking sharpie line of, of border around people. Um, the story was—I mean, the story's not good. There's nothing original about it. One of the members of the team dies, and then they go and try and get revenge. Cool. Um, the. The fact that he wasn't, obviously, all spoilers all the time, wasn't dead. You know that from the very second it focuses in on the ring on the dead body. Well, yeah. The, 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 the thing is, the thing is, Bex, I didn't know that because I trusted this film's tagline. They'll die when they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, this film didn't even live up to its tagline. Yeah, but yeah, the, the minute it, it focused on, on, on the ring and it had made such a big thing out of the ring, yeah. you were there going, oh, I know what's going to happen here. I mean, the, the casual cruelness of, all right, well, how did you pull this off? And it was like, yeah, that guy I lost a pinky wrestling <laughs> fight to. I just basically had murdered him in <laughs> said that to you. They just basically I mean, there, there's something. Granted, yeah. skeezy, but innocent man. As we were coming out of the. Uh, as we got yeah. Out of the it's just like. So, hang on a minute. They just murdered that guy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it would appear. Like and the fact they're just kind of laughing about it. <laughs> I, I almost wish this film just went more in that direction. Where it was just like callous and just like really darkly fucking comic. But it doesn't do that. I found it bizarre that Fiddy was like the, the straight man, essentially, in this. Like, I really enjoyed the bit where that one guy was like, just the pop shit in the woods. That's, no, that's not ever a phrase in any language. Is that, <laughs> it's just is like, that partially because you say that to me a lot? I do say that a lot to you, actually. Yeah. That's not a thing people say, Mark. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the fact that he was like coming into the group and clearly just like, what the fuck are these people? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just that guy who was playing Banderas from the third one's son. <laughs> he was good. What? Why? What? What? Why is yeah. he in this? Like that whole thing where it's just like he hasn't spoken since <laughs> Barney died. <laughs> it's just 
what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we here? I don't understand why anyone is doing what is what, why they're in this film, why we're watching this film. I don't get what life is finite. Mm. And I'm watching that. I have to say though, I didn't I didn't hate it for all of that. Like the the, the dialogue between Statham and Stallone was cringy. The bants was badly scripted. Like but when it felt more organic, it was it was kind of funny. I have to say, and I said this to you as well before, didn't I? I don't love the message that stop being a drunk and you won't be good at things anymore. Have another drink oh, that and was you'll incredible. be amazing at things again. That was fucking incredible. I forgot about yeah, that, Bex. I didn't love that. Jesus Christ. Poor, poor optics on that one. This film literally made... It, feels like it was made by someone who has been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but... Mark, film of the year, mate, yeah? <laughs> the thing is, it's it's probably better than three, but it's not as good as one and two. No. Um, I think I've scrubbed three from my memory. I have no recollection of it. It's not... Yeah, the, the, like, a PS3 level does very accurately describe the, 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 the scene... <laughs> has confirmed this is the first of a new trilogy it's his last one no it's not unless unless his producing partners like losing money it's bonkers that this movie cost 100 million dollars but I really hope that like 20 of that was just for Stallone to be there (laughs) oh god Um, because he doesn't write this one he doesn't direct this one and he isn't even a producer on it Statham is a producer on it can I, can I also point out, right, they've dressed him in the most old man trying to look cool jeans at the start of this movie as well. Old men trying to look cool are the only men that wear that colour of denim. Um, fair. But... I, the thing is, I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm not going to say it's good. Mm. Is what I will say. Will I watch it again... Probably at some point. You are an idiot. Um, but it, it, it's when it opened out, and you just had. Do you remember that one time you didn't think baby horses existed? I'm still not convinced. Um, but yet, when when it opens out, and it's just Megan Fox just shouting, but it's not even like <sighs> words. That bit's awful, yeah. It's just noise. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, when you watching that going, this doesn't play well. I half expected Sylvester Stallone to go, she on the rag. <laughs> like, I... But even saying that I was watching it going, but I'm kind of enjoying Stallone going, she's talking about you. <laughs> it was quite amusing. You know, and... And it was striking that when when she came up, like when when she was like, and it was focused on her, and it was like, like, like the makeup department were like applying makeup, and Megan thought she just kept going, not more, more, more. Like 
Are you sure? No, they, they they took as long they took as long to do her makeup every day as they did for fucking Nicolas Cage in Renfield during the more kind of vampiric yeah. stages. It's, it's, when, when you see people who say this was eight hours of makeup to get like this, that was what Megan Fox was, but she just looks like Megan Fox, and she just insisted yeah. upon it. Yeah, absolutely. The the thing is, Megan Fox has done a few of these type of movies over the past few years. And it's almost like they cast her and go, fuck it, it's Megan Fox. We get Megan Fox and this is going to be cool. People like Megan Fox. Forgetting that people don't like Megan Fox and that Megan Fox is not very good. And it's almost like, I do feel like there was more Megan Fox in this, but in the editing room they just went, can we just cut it down to this, the argument and that speech she gives at the start? Because the rest of it is just horrible. <laughs> it's... But when it's been a Statham movie, it's kind of fun. But the problem is, you're not going to the Expender Four Bulls for just a Statham movie. Mm. You're going into it for a Stallone and Statham movie. Oh, I did like that, that man that helps Statham. He Tony R. Yeah. Is that who that was? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, as well... The casting of Andy Garcia, and you're there going, well, clearly he's the bad guy. Andy Garcia. <laughs> it's it's clearly him. Yeah. Everything was telegraphed, <laughs> and I don't think the film even thinks that it's being clever. But it's just like it's also Andy Garcia going, you know, when he says, "Oh, I'm going to come with you on this," it's like, well, we know you are. You're the bad guy. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's yeah, it. it I'm going to say, it's not a very good film. But that doesn't mean that I didn't like it. <laughs> but that should tell you all you need to know, listeners. <laughs> mm. It's like, Mark will watch this again. Is one of the most damning things you can say about a film like this. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's not not fun, though. You know, there's explosions and fight scenes and stuff. There's a bit early on where a tank gets blown up and I swear the tank starts blowing up a good two seconds before the missile hits it. Mm. And it's just like that level of attention to detail in the editing and the direction is about where this movie ends up. Oh. Yeah. Who's made it? Scott Wall. Did he do the other one? No. Has he done other stuff? Yes. Is it shit? Not great. He's <clears throat> not done much, have No. I mean, it's it very much is a film that you can tell was written by Kurt Winner. <laughs> and the guy you wrote Moon for. Yeah, Moon for his brother. Yep. And a man who I don't think exists because I don't think a man exists called Tad Daggerheart. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah. We need so. to, I need to find out if Tad Daggerheart <laughs> does actually exist because that's not a real person. That's that's a, that's that's the tax write-offy bit of this movie. <laughs> Who's this Tad Daggerheart thing? That Tad Daggerheart was 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 literally was conceived by Andy Dufresne. That is the guy who will get away with it all. 
Uh, look, this 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 film's shit. I'm not going to disagree with anybody who says that. Honestly, just the 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 the, the plot of it being that okay, he dies and he's pissed off that his missus is the leader, which. There's been no examples of her she's, being. She's not what been they in needed any of the start. <laughs> no, what they needed at the start was her being second or third in command and doing a respect a respectable yeah. job, and then being like, right, that makes sense that she's the leader. But I mean, and also like, I just God, I just read that they didn't do expender bells and they were like no nah, we're just going to expand the female presence in this film great you've done that by having megan fox in it and then um that woman who seems to have like just want to see randy couture's yep. dick i quite like the woman in it though i liked her in it she, she... The, levi tran who plays yep. lash yeah i quite liked her but i still don't find out why she's called lash <laughs> well she had the fucking thingies yeah. didn't she and she's famous for being in 36 episodes of MacGyver. <laughs> they should have just made the the true sequel to number two. But of course they couldn't because Van Damme Fucking... too much money. Brutal. Brutal. It's shit. It's shit. It makes me feel like let old things die. Not a very nice way to talk about Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it, it, it very much you can see that Sylvester Stallone wasn't that interested, at, but, but got paid. Not Stallone, no, because he didn't no. care. I'm not really saying Stallone. I'm just saying this. This, I, I, this kind of fucking just meat and potatoes. We are literally made for men who are destined to die of strokes and heart attacks. Films, which I used to love. It makes me question shit. Does it spend four balls? It probably shouldn't. Is this what I'm supposed to be into now as a middle-aged man who grew up on action cinema? Is this the thing that's supposed to activate my pleasure centres? Because it fucking yeah. doesn't. It's, a, it's very much a swing and a miss. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I am not even going to come to its defence and say that it's good, because it's not. <laughs> no, it's just objectively not. No, it's not. It's yeah. not very good. What rating are you giving it? It's shit. Definitely it, it's not shit. shit. It is shit. Fallout. I, I, I wish I'll I could stop. say Sorry. otherwise. I wish I could bring myself to go, oh, it's touching cloth. But no, it is shit. <laughs> See, I think I might be Jim Geostorm on it. Because it's shit, but I enjoyed it. I was fine with it, mm. but yeah, but it, 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 it's it's shit. It, <laughs> it just shit, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Questions? We, well, I forgot to put it out because we've had a very busy day. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm genuinely sorry. Okay. I, I, I did just. I remember this morning and thought I'll do it later, but then literally from about ten this morning until we started recording, we have not had a minute. Have we? We've had a day, haven't we? Yeah. But a very rushed day. All good. Okay, so, so uh, come. What? Yeah, so I on. have to say it. 
What are we covering next week, Ian? Fucking right. pumped for next week. Okay, so uh, next week we have got... Um, what are we covering in four days, The Creator. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's going to be... Probably not going to be a lot of what what we've been up to. Um, we've got The Creator. We've got Sorex. And we've got No One Will Save You. It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. No one will save you. Yep. It's uh, Caitlin Deaver versus Aliens. Described on the boy chat as X-Files meets Hush. Okay. Apparently very good. Yep. I'm up for that. I'm very much up for it. Yeah? Yep. 90-minute genre pick. Go. And that'll do. I've been Ian Loring. She's been... Becky Foster. Hello. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you went all up. He's been... I did. Well, I was still trying to find out uh, what no one will save you was about. <laughs> He's been... Matt Foster. Thank you very much, everybody. And special guest, fuck yourself's very own, Jason Reitman. <laughs> Uh, oh, I very much enjoyed Goodbye. that. Goodbye! We haven't said bye yet. Bye! Bye! bye.